Hello and welcome to The Forum, a podcast from Slate Church hosted by myself, Luke Betker, and Brandon Richardson, bringing you ideas, perspective, conversations, and interviews. Thanks for tuning in. Well, here we are, episode number five of The Forum. Welcome. We're so glad that you're tuning in, so glad that you're listening, that you've joined us. My name is Luke Betger. I'm sitting here with Brandon Richardson right across from me in our little podcast studio. How's it going, Brandon? Good. How are you doing? Doing very well. Uh, excited for this episode of The Forum. Yeah, this is going to be good. It's going to be a good one. We're having a good time doing this, aren't we? It's, it's pretty fun. It's one of the things I look forward to the most in the week. Same with me, actually. It's a, it's an energizing thing. The conversation is good. It, you know, we record just at that time of day where you're starting to feel a little sleepy. Yep. Where you're starting, your eyelids are starting to droop, and you just need that little sort of uh, boost of energy. And this gives it. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, today we have Birch Coffee, which if you live in the Waterloo region, <laughs> so good. Shout out to Birch. Uh, I, now, I know that you really just like it because it's your initials. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, be rich. Yeah, be rich. Uh, actually, that's what I was called in high school. I've kind of tried to like push that into the you back were, of the recess. You were called be rich? Uh, yeah, you know, wow. so much so that I had a hat that said be rich on it. <laughs> that, uh, this yeah. is before I was saved. <laughs> I guess so. Well, thank God that he got a hold of your heart <laughs> and a hold of your name as well. Yeah. Brandon Richardson sounds so much nicer than be rich. I like, it. I like it much better. But Birch is even nicer. Birch is even nicer. Shout out to Birch Coffee. Sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> Sponsor us, Birch. Uh, we love it. We have a lot of our meetings there, actually. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Anyways, uh, if you're ever there and we're there, say hi. We can... Uh, but not we, for we too long. You. <laughs> not, for, <laughs> not for too long. That's a good point. It really is. But um, yeah, we're excited to just be able to jump into this episode and... Um, a lot of a lot of you have been saying that you really like the show and mm-hmm. been getting lots of positive feedback, and that's always really appreciated. You know how I know we made it? How's that? The other day, my dad asked me, he said, are you still doing that podcast thing? <laughs> I thought, okay, if, uh, uh-huh. if my dad is, is missing it. Yeah, that, that's got to mean something. Yeah. That's so. pretty cool. Well, um, we hope that you enjoy it. We hope that all the dads out there enjoy it. And... Uh, we're going to jump into lots of great stuff. We've got a great show coming up today. Uh, we got um, an awesome deep dive for you that we're excited to be able to talk about. So make sure you stick around for that. But first, right after this break, we're going to go into Slate Recommends. All right, well, it's time for... Slate recommends. Here we go. This is a fun segment where we get to recommend some stuff that we've been enjoying, things that have been adding value to our lives, things that we've been engaging with that have been um, making a difference. And so we want to share a couple of these things with you today, but we thought maybe we should do a bit of a digital edition when it comes to recommends. And so that's what we're going to do. In the past, we've recommended a ton of books. Um, and that's awesome. Yeah. But now, actually, we want to we want to let you know what are some of the apps that we use on our phone that are making a big difference. So, Brandon, let's start with you while I try and find where my phone is. Uh, we can start with you, Brandon. <laughs> and uh, what, what apps do you use that make a big difference? 
Sure. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of an app minimalist. Okay. So, I, I mean, I don't have too many apps other than the Apple-given apps uh, that they give, uh, they make you have, I guess. I, I think guess. you can download or delete some of them. I think you can, yeah. Okay. So, wh- I've, I've kind of focused all my energy into this recommend session uh, section into health apps. Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, I, I, that's basically the biggest thing that I use my phone for uh-huh. other than work and social media. Right. And so I have a few different apps that I use. Um, if you've been listening for a little bit, you'll know that I really value uh, habits in my life and routines in my life. Right. And one of those, uh, one, of the, one of the components actually making sure that that is sustainable and all the rest is using an app called HabitMinder. Right, right, right. So HabitMinder is not only an app on my phone, but it also syncs with my Apple Watch. And so uh, really, this app just helps me drink enough water through the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main thing it does, hey? Yeah, so I'm okay. trying to drink four to five liters of water a day. And okay. you know you can lose track and you can get lazy. And so it just gives me reminders to drink water. But it also enables me to track different things like my Bible in a year plan, cool. making sure that I'm planning the next day, waking up at the same time, going to the gym... Uh, the amount of pages that I want to read in a day, all this kind of stuff is tracked through this app. So, right. uh, yeah, it's been very helpful. Well, all right, cool. so that's the first one I'd recommend. Yep. The next one is uh, is a gym app that I use. Okay, really original name. Uh-huh. It's called the Strong app. <laughs> Amazing. In fact, the the isn't even in the name. It's just Strong. Right. Right. So Strong app is actually pretty good. Uh, again, if you go to the gym, I've tried it a bunch of different ones. This one seems to be like the most user friendly, okay. easy, simple. Okay. Uh, I found that it's added a lot of value to my life because now I'm not just carrying around all this stuff into the gym. Yeah. Uh, I want my phone for music and now I don't need a notebook. It, it just works for me. Cool. Cool. All right. Third, I have the pillow app. Pillow? Pillow. Okay. What's that? I think you can use this without an Apple, an Apple watch. Uh, Although I don't like the idea of having my phone in bed with me. Okay. Um, I don't know why. Are, like, are, like you don't want it to fall out of the bed or you just don't like the idea of it, you rolling around on it? Or? Well, I'm checking my logic as I, as I come up with my reason. I uh-huh. think my reason's always been because I don't want all the like uh, rays or what, the, um, what am I trying to think of? The cell phone <laughs> waves. Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, I suppose my Apple Watch probably is doing the same thing. Yes, I guess. Yeah. So, okay. Maybe I'll just sleep with my phone now. But um, <laughs> I can also manage better on my on my watch yeah, uh, yeah. The, the notifications I get. But Pillow is a great app. It tracks your sleep, and uh, which is really important for me. I haven't been using it in the last little bit uh-huh. because I kind of got a little uh, frustrated. Right. I thought I was getting like seven six hours of sleep uh-huh, a night uh-huh. and consistently I was getting like four, four and a half. <laughs> so this is one of those ones that just enables you to quickly realize like, Hey, you're, you're actually not doing as well as you right. You right. You right. It had helped me to come to terms with reality. Right. So, well, I mean, these are the three big ones. I also use cool. a, an app called Strava and that's from all my car. Oh yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah. But Strava is like one of these ones. It's like Instagram in the sport, uh, in the, in the, uh, health world. It's for, it, correct me if I'm wrong, it's for cycling, it's for running. Yep. Is that it? Cycling, running, swimming, hiking. Okay. Uh, anything, like a bit, main cardio things. But yeah, the main things that they do is cycling and running. Okay, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's sweet, man. Um, well, those are some good apps that you've got, actually. I that's, like that. Yeah, that's about 
basically all I use other yeah. than the, the normal than, stuff. Than just your regular Apple stuff. Well, I was going to say, if we do this segment again, specifically on apps, uh-huh. I'm really going to have to start trying some new apps. <laughs> Maybe that can be a challenge. We try one new app a week and see if it makes any difference. Recommended by the users. Yeah. The, the, it, the listeners. It, it, sure. <laughs> it, listen, it probably won't. I'm also a total app minimalist. Yeah. I don't have many apps on my phone at all. In fact, I don't even use my phone that much now that I think about it. And that's probably why I don't even have my phone here. I don't even know where it is. So I'm going to go <laughs> like top of the dome, okay? I'm just going to remember. <laughs> right I'm off gonna, the dome. I'm going to think what, what in the world it is that I actually use on my phone, what apps I use. And so, um, yeah, obviously all the regular Apple apps I use, um, except when it comes to my email. I don't use Apple's email oh, yeah. app for that. I use... Uh, an email app, email client. I don't know whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the technical term is. Okay, me not. Uh, okay, you know what? Good. We're good, in this together. Man. A good app uh, <laughs> allows you to be a little bit dumb as to what it's actually doing. You know, good. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, this app is called Sparrow. It's a uh, it, it's a great email app. I really love it. Um, You've been using it for a while. I've been using it for a long time now. I went and down that journey with you, actually. Yeah, I, I can remember that. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And what this app does is it actually it sorts your incoming mail. It's really smart. It sorts it into um, like notifications. Hmm. Uh, personal is, is what it sorts it in for me. So those are the ones like if it comes from like an actual person yeah. and not just a robot. Um, and then it sorts it into... Uh, a third category as well, notifications, personal, and something else. I don't know what it is, but it just breaks it up really nicely, and it means that I don't miss important emails, and it's been fantastic ever since. You can also toggle that off and just see it like as a normal view email kind of thing, but it's been fantastic, and so I've been really enjoying that, and uh, I I use that every single day for sure, that email app nonstop. Um, Wait, so you're telling me all the the different, like, spam newsletters i signed you up for you're like you're not even getting them because of this app <laughs> not even seeing them man i uh, didn't even know dang. wow uh how annoying are spam <laughs> like, <laughs> they're so annoying you know it's funny there's like things in my email inbox and i can like i know i subscribed to it like 10 years ago for some weird reason yep and I, i'm still getting the emails and i like it's like do i really need this newsletter from no, club penguin i don't and i swear <laughs> i swear I have unsubscribed from the list like 10 times mm-hmm. and it doesn't even matter, does it? Is you remember this... when they brought out these new rules and laws uh-huh. for oh, yeah. like newsletters and stuff? Yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive the only ones that actually listened to it were churches. Oh, me too. Because I'm getting spammed constantly by these things. Oh, yeah. I, in fact, I remember one time I found like uh, a website, I think it was called unsubscribe.me or something like that. Brilliant. And you like put your email in and it automatically unsubscribes you from everything. It also didn't work, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm getting monthly emails <laughs> from them. Us. I'm pretty sure that I am. So Brilliant. I, I don't know. I don't think any of this stuff works at all, but that's just the world we live in now. Oh, and yeah. This, <laughs> we get junk mail all the time uh, in our email inboxes, but whatever. Sparrow takes care of that. It takes care of it. And uh, I should... I should just double check that it's actually called Sparrow. Because, <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, I got it right here. F- no, it's it. not. It's not called Sparrow. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, <laughs> we just recommended a non-existent <laughs> app. Sparrow may be a different app. Find that out. Yeah, it's I'm called. Gonna... Hold on, it's called Spark. Okay, Spark. That's close to being Sparrow. You know, it's funny. 
because I went down the journey of finding an uh-huh. email app with you. When you said Sparrow, I was like, either he's using a new one <laughs> or he's got the name funny. wrong. But I, I, I just went with it. It's funny because I don't ever look at the name of this thing. I just click on the icon and that's it. It's called Spark. That's totally my bad. Um, so, I mean, if you do get the Sparrow app, you're going to get yourself a news app. It looks pretty cool. Is that what it is? Uh, you can choose your interests. Um, <laughs> the main <laughs> featuring news story that it has on its uh, its app pictures is a, a Sparrow flying. Oh, that's amazing. How about that? Uh, and it's got uh, three out of five stars. Wait, let me see. Turn turn your phone to me. I want to see what it looks like. Yeah. Sparrow. I mean, that, the logo is pretty good, but there's only two reviews in there. No. They average it no. at three. This looks bad. Yep. This is not what I've been using. I don't use something called Sparrow. It's called Spark, yeah. and it's a great email app. I would highly recommend you check that one out. It's, it's awesome. Um, all right, next app that I use all the time on my phone. Um, I take a lot of photos on my phone. Yeah. I love it. It's like a huge hobby of mine. I love taking photos, and I can't afford a good camera right now. I would love to someday you know, get a really great camera, but right now um, my phone is my camera, and there's like that old quote, like the best camera is the one that you have with you. Yeah. And that's so true of our phones. Yep. And, uh, I love taking photos, but I also love editing them. I think that that's really fun. And so I use an app that many of you for sure use called Visco V S C O. And, um, it's a great app for editing photos. So I use that all the time. It's like my exclusive photo editing app. Is that how you get your pictures with the borders on it? No, that's not. Because uh, uh, I've been using that and uh, on the Visco app, and uh, I think it's it's ridiculous. What the borders? Yeah, there's a borders uh, oh, editing option. Okay. It's not good. Don't use okay, it. Okay, I won't. What I do won't. you use? Oh, yeah, I can tell you. Yeah, uh, it's an app called Unfold. 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 You can check that out. It's going to save my life. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good recommendation. They've got lots of great things for like laying out pictures and stuff and posting. So I love that. Um, another app I use, uh, well, I, again, all of a sudden I'm like Instagram, how lame is that? It's like, <laughs> everybody knows. It's funny. Like some of those apps go without saying it's like, exactly. Yeah, that's totally normal. Everybody knows about this. It's a dumb recommendation. <laughs> and I guess it kind of is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I read the news on my phone, I guess. And, uh, like just on safari <laughs> <laughs> this is i'm sounding like the most like uh l- like i'm living in 1993 or something like that you know not like I, I i use technology all the time i really do i don't know this well, when you told me we were gonna do an, an app uh-huh. uh recommend section today i thought this is gonna be great uh-huh. uh really really innovative <laughs> and uh, the truth is, we're just pretty boring when it comes to phones. Yes, we're not. I mean, we both use Evernote. We've recommended that before. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. Um, uh, I, I sometimes read articles on an app called Medium. But yep. listen, it's not even an app, is it? No. It's... A- apps are different these days because yeah. it's more like companies that, like, and it's an extension of itself yeah. on your phone home screen. So it's not even like, oh, this is an app I use and it's only an app and that's all it does. I, I don't know. Listen, if you've got great app ideas, why <laughs> send them to us? Uh, obviously, we need them, so just <laughs> let and, us know. And why don't you tune in next time as we do another app se- session where we recommend messages, yes. music, Safari, <laughs> and mail by Apple. All right? All groundbreaking apps. None of you have probably used them at all ever before. So, uh, yeah, you'll want to tune in for that. It'll be amazing. I don't know. 
Well, this has been the worst segment ever, but <laughs> hopefully uh, uh, you've enjoyed it and you can find something that maybe is going to. You know, if anything, <laughs> if nothing else happens from this, maybe you'll have opened up the App Store and it will have recommended something good to you. <laughs> That's right. So we recommend the App Store because it will recommend exactly what you need. I don't know. <laughs> but this this has been my favorite recommend section session. Section? Section? Yeah, it's been uh, my favorite too. Good. <laughs> so far, I, I think we're really hitting a home run on this one. And uh, I think it's great. So I hopefully you've enjoyed it. Those are our apps <laughs> recommendations. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Slate Recommends. <laughs> Make sure you stick around because what's coming next is 10 times better than anything you just heard <laughs> right. right now. It's we actually going to be great. We promise you that it definitely is. So right after the break, we're going to go into our deep dive. Stick around. All right, it's time for our deep dive. We're excited. This is a segment where we... Uh, do a deep dive into a, a topic that we really think is important that we've been thinking about, that we've been considering. And we hope that this is something that can add value to you. And we believe that it can. And so uh, we're excited for what we're going to be able to talk about in this discussion today. What are we going to be talking about today, Brandon? Well, I was uh, listening to a recent episode, uh, podcast episode, from a guy named Craig Rochelle. I'm not sure we've ever recommended his podcast, but might as well recommend that after yeah. our uh, disastrous uh, <laughs> apps recommend that yeah. we had earlier in the show. Um, but Craig Rochelle is a, a f- fascinating leadership podcast, and he was talking about the idea of, of building values as an organization. Right. Not just as an organization, but also as uh, maybe a parent or a friend, sure. a spouse, and that sort of thing. And he talked about there's, there's predominantly two different ways that you build values. One of them being uh, you build on the things that you stand for. And usually when you're beginning out on a journey of building values in a, an aspect of your life or in, in uh, an area that you lead, you're using language like, uh, we will always uh, do this. We sure. will always. And he talks about how that, that kind of universal language uh, really draws people in because you're differentiating yourself and you're establishing values. Right. Uh, he also mentioned how there is a another way that you can build values, which is by uh, the things that you're actually standing against. And a lot of the language that you'll use in that instance are, are things like, we will never, you know. Yeah. Uh, we'll never do this. We will never say it like this. We will never uh, offer this. We will never uh, um, behave like this right. and whatever else. And and he said that sometimes building off of what you won't do is as strong is as strong of a way of building values in your organization as the things that you are standing upon. Sure, I found this very interesting because uh, you know you and I, Luke, we have a lot of conversations on this. Uh, we live in a world that really talks about what it's what it's against, and we've both just been individuals since the start of Slate Church that have really chosen, and, and prior to that as well. But at the um, conception of Slate Church, we just decided we were always going to build on what we are for. Yeah. Now, yeah. this isn't, uh, let's be clear, uh, mentioning Craig Rochelle's uh, leadership podcast as a way to um, recommend it and also start the conversation. Certainly, 
what we're doing here now is not debating what he was talking about, but yeah. it's an intro to what we want to talk about today, yeah. which is the value of positivity in what you're building. Yeah. And how you can avoid some of those, those negative trappings uh, that we, in a society that is so easily gravitating towards neg- negativity. Yeah, you know, it's really almost amazing to see how, ne- how society tends towards the negative in so many different things. And, and I think that sometimes that's because it's fun to be negative yeah. and it feels good and we enjoy it. And when we can point out what's wrong with everything else. We don't have to focus maybe on what's wrong with ourselves. Yeah. And really negativity is like the antithesis to proactivity. I think a lot of times Absolutely. where, uh, it's like, well, it's just bad, but I don't want to fix it or it's not good. And I don't want to come with a solution. Yeah. And there's so much more power in positivity. And that, that's not to say that we need to have our heads buried in the sand. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that like, Oh, um, you know, I, I'm going to look at a bad situation and just call it positive anyways. Yeah. Uh, th- that's not what it's about at all. We can still recognize what's good and we can still recognize what's bad. Mm-hmm. But I think when we come with a positive posture towards it, it's actually one that's proactive and it's actually one that is willing to take steps forward and to turn something that is bad into something that is actually good. And yeah. and suddenly we, we view ourselves as part of the solution and uh, less a part of the problem or less even just... Um, uh, on the sideline of the problem, all of a sudden yeah. we, we get our hands dirty and we're willing to actually do what it takes because that's what a positive attitude and a positive posture actually requires a lot of the times. And, yeah. and it, it's funny because, you know, oftentimes people come into our church, for instance, and one of the things that they're most blown away by is just how positive everybody is. Yeah. And, and I always find that interesting. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's because we are in it like day after day and we're, we're, we're doing it so much and perhaps we're around positive people. Uh, but it's amazing when somebody comes into our church for the first time, whether they uh, are a Christian, whether they're not a Christian, whatever, and they come in and they, they enter into what is a, an explicitly positive environment and that's yeah. on purpose yeah. and how that can almost be jarring. And it's actually something that makes a big impact. And that's because there aren't so many places in our lives where positive, no, right. where positivity is, um, is uh, a, a big thing, yeah, you're right. and I think that's unfortunate, really. Yeah, you know, very early on into this conversation, you're kind of confronted with a Christian, a Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as you mention, even you know, Slate's such a positive environment, whatever else. I mean, of course, we've heard uh, people. Uh, slam other churches or, or maybe even just negative comments towards sure. ours, which, which are not that, that numerous. No. Um, but the, the common objection to that is, well, how can you uh, steer people away from, from sin? And how can you right. uh, steer people towards Jesus without pointing out the wrongs? And, yeah. and I think just quite honestly, immediately we're, we're operating out of assumptions if those are the questions that we're asking, because what we're not saying is by standing on positivity that you can't point out things that are wrong. Right. It's just, um, once you recognize what is wrong, you err on the side of believing the best. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, also when you look at, look at the Bible and, and you ask that same question of scripture, I mean, you're, you're constantly confronted with the idea of, of, uh, what you have is you have God speaking uh, and, and if he stands against something, it's, it's God speaking. It's not a, an yeah. arbitrary human with a limited knowledge or uh, limited information on a situation just wanting to 
uh, hurl insults uh, from the crowd. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about the God of the universe making corrections, not human beings. Yeah, it's a little different. (laughs) It's a little bit different. You know, I think I was sharing with you just one of the most fascinating revelations I've had in this area as it regards, you know, how Jesus would approach some of even the social situations um, we might find ourselves in today. Of course, we, we, uh, we've seen on Instagram and social media and on news outlets and that sort of thing, some of these prominent Christian pastors that have met up with uh, President Trump over the last little while. And, sure. And they've just been slammed. You know, how could you meet up with a man like this and, and, uh, and, and not offer correction uh-huh. and, and all the rest? And, of course, as pastors and as leaders, we also are trying to analyze it. And, you know, what's appropriate when you have a seat at the table of any government, not just the government that exists right now, but any government. Right. And, uh, and of course, there is always opportunities to speak to things, but you want to wait for that opportunity that you're invited to speak into it mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, uh, un- unsolicited criticism, there's a saying, unsolicited criti- criticism al- always sounds like uh, negativity. Like it, right. it, it, you just immediately shut off. But when you see Jesus and, and he's confronted with a similar situation, he's, the crowds are asking him, they say, okay, uh, what do you think about paying taxes to Caesar? Mm-hmm. And here's the moment that, you know, the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, he has an opportunity to, to speak down to everything that Caesar stands for. Uh, he could have taken, you know, well, here's all the policies I don't like. Here's, you know, the, how he's such a brutal man. Here's how, uh, you know, he's been killing Christians and, and, and all the rest. He could have, uh, well, Christians would come a little bit later, but here's how yep. he's been uh, killing those that love me. And uh, instead of taking that opportunity, what does he say? He says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's. Mm-hmm. In, in the pinnacle moment where he could shoot down all that he could shoot down, Basically, what he's saying for saying is he's hey let, let's let's stand for what we stand for here yeah and if we stand on that it has a greater opportunity to transform this world than we than if we spend all of our energy trying to shoot down Caesar yeah it's powerful and you know traditionally I think a lot of people would know the church for everything it stands against and yeah. as you were alluding to even at the beginning like we want to be a church certainly and we want to be people as individuals uh, that we are known for what we stand for. Yeah. And, and it's not that we, we, we aren't against things, right? It, that's not the case at all. Yeah. Um, but hey, this is what we're for. And because we are for this, that is why we are against this. Um, we're, we're not against this for the sake of just being against something. That's right. But there's a bigger purpose uh, and a bigger cause attached to everything that we're doing. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would certainly hope that the world knows our church for what we are for, that yeah. we are for people, yeah. that we are for uh, the cause of Christ, that we yeah. are for making his name famous. Yeah. These are the things that we are for as a church. It's the things that we're for as individuals. Absolutely. Um, not, I would not be happy if everybody knew, oh, there goes Luke. Uh, here's five things that he is totally just against. And, and um, I think it's just much more powerful when you can motivate people from a position of this is actually what I stand for. This Absolutely. is what I'm believing for. I'm believing for you. I believe in God. Absolutely. And um, again, it's kind of that positive versus negative mentality mm-hmm. that's going on there. And it makes a big difference, I think, in, in, in how we approach life yep. in how we approach relationships with other people yeah. in how we approach everything, our job, our school, whatever task it is that's in front of us. Yeah. Um, 
I think that 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 influences it. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about this as for, uh, before as well, but this idea of uh, being thankful and expressing gratitude for yeah. what it is that we have and understanding that, yes, this might be a difficult thing that stands in front of me, yeah. but I'm thankful to have God on my side. I'm thankful to have people in my life. I'm thankful to live in the country that I live in. I'm Absolutely. thankful to be blessed in the many, many, many ways that I'm blessed. And that's the positive mindset. I think the negative mindset looks at that and it sees all the wrong. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, life sucks. I always go oh, through this. this. Is, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a tough thing. We're not talking about never saying a negative thing again in your no, life no, no, or no, not no. pointing at the things that are wrong or whatever else. It's what you're known for. Yeah. And certainly the last thing that I want to be known for is is the things that I stand against. Yeah. And, and I think that if you read through scripture for any length of time and you're walking away with a view that God is is predominantly against sin mm-hmm. and not for and not predominantly for a relationship with him I think you you have a misreading of scripture right of course uh, he is against sin yeah but I know him as a God that loves me more than he hates my sin yeah exactly it, it's, it's an we don't need to pit these things no. against each other but we can walk away from scripture knowing that God is on our side that's right so they're not pit against each other you can talk about both yeah. But the a correct reading of scripture leaves you with God wins. God loves me. Yeah. God's uh, why do, you know if you walk away with anything other than that, you're giving the the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you know the enemy way more credit than he deserves. Yeah, I agree. You know a revelation that that I had um, in in high school. I was trying to get rid of some some gross things in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized that there's two different ways to run run from sin. Uh, or, or get rid of sin, rather. Sure. And one is to look at the sin and, and run in the opposite direction, uh-huh. or, or to run in, in, in a direction away from that sin that you're struggling with. Yep. But I realized that just because you're running away from sin does not mean you're running to Jesus. You could just be running, running to another exactly. type of sin. Yep. But <laughs> if you focus your eyes on Jesus and you run towards him, you are always running from sin. Yes, that's right. And so I think w- w- what, what we're talking about is not just you know, power of positivity or, or get yourself into a, a positive uh-huh. mindset. What we're talking about is what you're running towards will allow you to get there so much quicker than if you're always looking behind you trying to, trying to run from something or yeah. run against something or looking into someone else's lane. I mean, you're going you're gonna to lose track of where you're headed. So true. You're going to run into somebody else's lane. You're going to get your footing me- mixed up. Mm-hmm. But if you just take a stand for something mm-hmm. and you run in that direction, you are going to leave some stuff behind you. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a part of that equation. Yeah, it is. But it's going to get you quicker to where you're going. Absolutely, it will. And again, we all have those days where we just feel down. We got days where stuff happens to us, and that's real life. Absolutely, and uh, it's not fun, and it sucks. I know, you know, my wife Victoria. I'm so thankful for her because she won't let me stay in that place for too long. Right? Yeah. I I probably have a tendency to just want to go to the negative sometimes, Mm -hmm. and just sitting there and my self pity and woe is me. And, uh, you know, and and she does such a great job of just pulling me out of that and not allowing me to oftentimes just showing me some tough love and giving me a kick in the butt saying, you know, like, Hey, get up, get moving. Uh, because you don't have to sit in that, like change your mindset. 
and it's important. It, it really is. I, I, I love um, the book Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Yeah. Uh, there's a good recommend. You can have that one. Put that in your pocket. That's a good one. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're still trying to make up for our recommend segment earlier. <laughs> so, um, But it's great. She's even got a special on Netflix right now, which I haven't watched, but I'm sure it's awesome. It's really good. It's there, good. You actually, it? there's another recommends. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, check that out. If, if, if you, you don't can. have time to read her book, it basically... Uh-huh. It's synopsis in in such a great way. Oh, that's cool. It, it's it's incredible. That's cool. Well, I love like towards the end of her book, she's uh, talking about this idea of what story am I telling myself? Yep. And I just think that's powerful. Um, you know, when you start to reframe it in that kind of way, like something bad happens to you, or you, you know you're upset, or in kind of this negative downward spiral or something, and you ask yourself, well, the story I'm telling myself is that life sucks. Right. And it's so powerful to frame it in that way. And because all of a sudden it's not so set in stone, you're not just making a statement. Life sucks. You're saying the story I'm telling myself is that life sucks. sucks. And that's That's a big difference because all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe that's the story I'm telling myself right now, but perhaps it's just a work of fiction and uh, I can rewrite the story. And I think that that is such a, a great thing that gives so much hope. It's really cool. Absolutely. And, and, uh, time and time again, you see that those that, um, have really made something of their lives or, or are like that, you know, the story in the Bible where there's different talents given to different people. One, uh, one, five and 10, there's different stories and, and, uh, you look at it and the ones that made, made it a difference are the ones that didn't look at the, the hardness of life or the tragedy side or, or the things that were coming against them, but the ones that actually made something of what they were given. Yeah. And, and it's just so true of life because um, I think Malcolm Gladwell is the one that talked about this idea of so many of, um, uh, of the top, of top CEOs in our society today, so many of the presidents that uh-huh. um, have, have served uh, the United States um, in, in history, so many of the, the world-class leaders that we've seen that have gone before us, actually arose out of extreme circumstances, extreme right. instances of poverty. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them losing parents at a young age. Uh-huh. And I don't want to misquote, um, but just, just to paraphrase, mm-hmm. basically through research, we see that those that have actually gone through a lot of really negative things at a young age actually begin to excel um, at a much higher degree as they fight through it. Right. And it's like one or the other. You either, you either yeah. succumb to it yeah. and it really devastates True. you. And then you have a generational or a, 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 you leave a legacy of just brokenness behind you. Mm. Or uh, you go through that same thing as somebody uh, next to you. Actually, uh, I uh, came across this interesting story. I'm not sure if I'm going to share it on Sunday or not, but uh-huh. this comes out after it. Yep. So uh, it, maybe it'll just be a reminder. But there's a story about two uh, frogs, right? And they, they go into uh, a farm and they're just uh, journeying around and, yeah. and they're looking around. They're, they're very adventurous and... They come up to a, a pail of cream, and both of them fall in, and they go, "Oh, this, you know, uh, this wasn't what we were expecting. You know, we're just trying to journey around and have a great time." And right. They're brothers, and the one brother says to the other brother frog, and he says, "Well, you know, looks like we can't get out of this. Life is over. Why don't we just lie down, look towards our homeland, and die?" Uh-huh. And the other, the other one goes, "No, like today, like like let's make the most of this situation." And right. so he tries his hardest to get out. Of course, the the um, the, uh, the the pails uh, the walls of the pail are 
are quite slippery, and so he can't do anything. But he just keeps trying, and he's trying, and trying, and he tries to work himself out of the situation. Of course, his brother has given up at this point, just sinks to the bottom, and slowly passes away. And just as the brother that's been trying uh, decides, you know, maybe it is time to give up. I've I've been trying for quite some time. He he slowly stops kicking around, and as you know, the end of the story, the cream turns into butter, right? And he just steps out of the pail, right? You know, it's it's um, it's not all about effort. It's not all about like a positive mindset. No. But I do think that you're going to get further in this life when you actually look at the circumstances that are ahead of you, understand that there are people going through it. It's difficult. There's a time for, there's a season for mourning. There's a season for um, reflection and grieving and, and being upset. But ultimately what I, I believe Jesus provides us is the hope of a way out, yeah. a hope of a better future, the hope of... Uh, a chance to actually succeed in in the in our endeavors here on on earth for his glory and to be able to just um turn that that cream into butter and be able to mm-hmm. step into into something new absolutely i mean when you live with that revelation and when you understand that i think it's very hard to be anything other than hopeful for what's ahead absolutely um, it's hard to because you have a greater revelation that life is so much more even than our whatever 80 to 100 years here on on earth. Yeah, right. There's so much more. And when you understand that, my goodness, it makes a huge difference to the way you can live your life. Truly. It's it big. Re- it really does. Yeah. Well, this is all great to talk about and it's it's easy to sort of theorize over and and everything, but but like getting down to the nitty-gritty, putting it into practice, actually living this out, of course, as a whole entirely different things. So I'd be interested, Brandon, how you are actually able to implement this like into your life. Yeah. And, and you know, as we transition into to this more like real life uh, aspect of this and, and where the rubber hits the road, I really like the distinction between not just having a positive mindset, but actually allowing uh, the hope of, of Christ actually permeate through you. Yeah. In, in all things, big, big things and small, because no matter how big or small, you can always allow your mind to go in a, in a negative direction when really, I think there's a call in our lives to, to maintain the hope that we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, a small example might be on, on my birthday, was, which wasn't too long ago. Uh, I woke up and I was just so sick. <laughs> like I was just, I was feeling like junk yeah, and I'm yeah. going, oh, it's you know, a great way to start, start my birthday. I was up all Adult night. birthdays. Adult birthdays, yeah, you know, I'm just sure. so sick. It didn't end there because, uh, you know, about an hour, two hours after I woke up, uh, we had known throughout the weekend, my birthday was on a Monday, throughout the weekend, our furnace had stopped working. Oh, man. And so we had to have somebody come and inspect it. And so an hour or two after I woke up, these furnace guys are at our house and they took one look at the furnace and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a motor. Uh, that's going to cost <laughs> you about eight, nine hundred bucks. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, and so yeah. it's like, well, happy birthday to me, you yeah. know, and <laughs> and so I'm I'm kind of like, oh, okay, whatever, and and uh, still feeling pretty sick, so I go back to sleep, sleep for another two to three hours yeah. on my birthday. <laughs> I wake up for an emergency root canal that I had to plan oh, just a week gosh. earlier, yeah, and uh, you know, which a week earlier uh, I, I found out I had seven thousand dollars worth of work <laughs> I needed to have done in my mouth. <laughs> Uh, from just a previous time in my life of, of whatever. And, uh, and so not only is it a root canal, but it's reminding me of all the expenses we have yeah. and, and still not feeling much better, at, you know, at the end of that. And sure. 
you know, it's interesting because on your birthday, you can actually start to like allow yourself. Like, this is my birthday. Of you know, uh, what a bad day this is. And, and immediately you got to start, uh, you gotta, you gotta choose. Like this isn't like a, it's not even just a moment by moment. It's not just like, okay, a negative thing happened. Am I going to choose positive or negative? It's, it's whether or not you're living out of the hope of Christ, yeah, right? Sure. Because very quickly in the morning, I wake up, I f- I'm feeling like junk. I realize I'm just thankful that mm-hmm. I have my health. Mm-hmm. Anytime something goes wrong with my health is the time I'm most thankful for my health. Yeah, no kidding. Because all of a sudden the thing that you've taken for granted yeah. is taken away and you go, gosh, I'm thankful I'm actually a healthy person. That This is only yeah. you know, a common cold. I'm okay. I was so thankful when the furnace was fixed. I'm like, how great is it that we don't have to go into debt to fix this furnace and, sure. and provide heat and air conditioning to our house throughout the summer? Like, I'm actually quite thankful about that. Yeah. I'm thankful that we do have a little bit of money put away where we're able to do this. Yeah. I had that nap, and, and for the most part, I woke up and actually felt pretty good. And then sure. I go and do this root canal, and a pain that had been in my mouth from for about three three months, uh, upwards of like nine months. Wow. That was so excruciating those last three months that if anything cold touched it, I would just drop to the ground. <laughs> and yeah, you're probably listening like, why didn't you get that checked out earlier? Good question. Um, but I had another root canal that I thought was just healing. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but immediately the pain goes away and I go, well, thank goodness for modern medicine. Like yeah. I can't imagine, I just had to pull it out in a, in, a, in another day. Yeah. And so through this whole thing, it wasn't like I was even choosing just to think positively. Right. Right. I wasn't just going through my day like, okay, now I have to choose positivity again. Now I got to choose. It's just like when you start to train yourself in a way that just chooses to look at life as, you know, God is in control. Yeah. There's always hope on the side of every situation. It means that no matter how big or small it is, it's like, you know, God's in control. And so that entire day was actually like a phenomenal day. Just had these constant reminders like, wow, God has really provided. Wow. I'm thankful for my health. Wow. I'm so thankful that God has given us this little bit of a reserve that allows us to, to carry these kind of Uh expenses. And, Uh and overall it turned out to be a great, a great birthday. And, you know, of course we had just welcomed a little Claire into the world just a few days earlier. And, and it's hard to allow these things to eclipse just such joy. And, Mm -hmm. and I found it in that area of my life, just in these instances where you're choosing to live a life of hope. I also find it, and it's interesting because as pastors, you know, we're constantly asked about other pastors. Sure. Sure. Right. And you're always asked, uh, you know, what do you think of so-and-so, you know, Mm. what do you, do you agree with the prosperity gospel? Sure. And so I think there's the personal life side where you're choosing to just maintain hope in, in God and everything else. Yeah. But it's interesting because we are presented with these questions all the time. You know, what do you think of so-and-so? What do you... And always asking for our opinion, which I'm like, who do you think we are? Like, uh, totally. But that's another area I've had to find that, that I have to maintain a state of positivity and not uh, think the worst. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm wondering how you handle those things. I mean, we, we have these conversations all sure, the time. Sure, we do. But I think it's actually helpful because we do live in a world where, uh, specifically if we're talking about this Christian world, where people want to know who they can trust. And, and yeah. so I think that's ultimately where they're going with those questions. But how do you, how do you personally work through those questions? Like when you're asked about somebody, how, I mean, what's, what's your immediate response? Yeah, I mean, if, well, uh, it depends who's doing the asking and what the motivation behind the asking is, I would say, every time. But here's the thing, right? Generally, I don't know the person that I'm being asked about. I've never met them. I have no idea who they are. And I always have to take a step back and say, who am I to call this person out? 
Who Bingo. am I to sit on my, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe self-proclaimed throne of holy righteousness and everything else and try and say whether or not somebody else is, uh, has proper motivations or their heart is correct or anything like that's not my position to do that belongs to God. And Absolutely. I'm thankful that I don't have to do that for somebody else. Um, because I know that somebody else could probably do it for me because I'm not immune to this stuff. Yeah. I'm not living uh, like a 100% perfect unblemished life in every single area that I have some sort of moral authority to call somebody else out yeah. uh, when it's somebody that I don't know. Now, if it's somebody that I do know, uh, I'm s- certainly not going to call them out because I have a better behind the curtains peek as to who this person actually is. And you're probably coming alongside them to help them. And if I care about the person, of course I'm going to, I'm going to open up the conversation. I'm going to give them a call and say, Hey, let's go grab a coffee. How's it going? What do you think about this? How's this going? That's different. But then believe me, I'm not going to put a person on blast or something like that. I just don't think that that's fair to other people. I don't think it's right. I think oftentimes uh, it's very easy. Once a person's platform gets to a certain level it's very easy for them to just become a big target it's it's a weird thing that happens isn't it everybody cheers for the underdog until they are the top dog and then they're the top dog and everybody wants to tear that person down it it happens all over the place but at one point they were the underdog oh yeah everybody was cheering for it it happens in music it happens in business it happens in politics it'll happen everywhere uh, as soon as somebody gets into a position of influence, people love to just try and bring them down. It's this tall poppy syndrome. It's what it we is. We want to push down anybody that's succeeding. Yep. I, I love that quote by Brian Houston. You know, mm-hmm. have you ever seen a, a hater ahead of you in life? Yeah. It's, it's Neither have I. <laughs> and it's the truth, isn't it? It's like you, you don't see that. And, and from people, you know, we often talk about like we, we want to be, um, we want people to know what we're doing like based on the fruit of what it is that we're doing. Absolutely. And if the fruit that our lives and our ministry and our church is producing is healthy and it's making a difference, we we certainly want to be known by that. And I I think it's just too easy to look at other pastors that are leading large churches and organizations and think just because it's big, that automatically means it's bad. It automatically means it's corrupt. It automatically means it's a watered down gospel. It automatically, it's like, like, let's take a step back and be like, who, who gave you or who gave us the authority to try and make those calls? It it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, a a person who has the influence over 30 people, it can be just as damaging uh, as a person who could have influence over 30,000 people if it's unhealthy. But it it doesn't just automatically mean that big is bad. And I I think that that's just like a, a twisted and an incorrect logic the whole way through. I don't understand it. Well, doesn't make sense. You know, and that quote from Biden Houston also reveals a deep reality, which is most most people that want to throw stones at, at others yeah. are actually leading or not not leading at all or yeah. leading things that are quite small and stalled. Yeah, true. You know, uh, it, I think we forget that sometimes that these people are humans. And so the fact that um, one, one of these leaders or many of these leaders are, are prone to make mistakes or have made a mistake <laughs> doesn't surprise me at all. No. I mean, I, I don't also don't think that when you're moving from that underdog season to that like top dog season, if you want to call it that, that uh, somewhere along the lines, there's just this weird uh, internal transformation that takes place. And all of a sudden you're perfect. Yeah, right. Uh, you bring your humanity with you. Totally. And uh, and so in many ways, when when things do go awry, it's like it's a little 
you know, and we're not talking about the the big scandals. We're just talking about real life, and yeah, and maybe a, you know an off decision, but you know what's happening behind the scenes if they've gotten there and the fruit of what they're doing is good. Yeah, is they're trying to work on the thing that everybody sees. Of course, there's no way that that uh, if if I was to to be in their position or, and here's the thing. Uh, we're already starting to see this, mm-hmm. you know, where we are further and further removed from people that come to our church. Yeah. Not by desire. I mean, That's I right. think our desire is that to have everybody know, know everybody in our church intimately. Yep. But uh, to be able to do that, I mean, we personally would be taking, if you just did one person a day, it would take us literally a few years to actually get through everybody that goes to our church. Yeah. That's right. Right. And so that's just, it's impossible now. Yeah. And so by giving others the benefit of the doubt, you're hope, hopefully leading people in a direction that they're also giving you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And saying, hey, you know, obviously what they're building here stands for itself. <laughs> uh, bad fruit does not come from a, a good tree. No. And uh, good fruit doesn't come from a bad tree. No, that's right. And, uh, and so I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there, again, there's, there's a verse in the Bible for this, right? You know, yeah. don't look at the, the exactly. speck of dust in your brother's eye. The meanwhile, you've got this block in your own, and you're trying to correct this person. I've always, I've always loved the like exaggeration of that Bible verse. That's such hyperbole, just, just yeah. like the ridiculousness of having a plank in your own eye. I think it's it's brilliant because it really puts it into perspective. Like, um, I, again, this is another Brene Brown quote that I wrote down. I just thought it was so good, but but she says, "Daring leaders work from the assumption that other people are doing the best they can. Leaders struggling with ego, uh, lack of skills." who put up a uh, armor, they don't make this assumption. I think that's exactly right. I, I wow. think, uh, I think generally when people are, um, you know, criticizing to tear somebody down, yeah. somebody else, it's saying a lot more about themselves than it is about the other person so because true. it's almost like they're just waving the flag of their own insecurities and everybody can see it and it becomes so obvious. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, how about, you know, stay in your lane, run your race, do what God has graced you to do. Keep that up. Yeah. Um, and don't feel like you have to tear others down to get ahead because no. that's not the case. And it, it, it's, and we don't need to see that within uh, the, the Christian church right now. We don't need to no. see all this division. We don't need to see uh, disunity and all of these types of things. Um, I think that we need to see more unity. Absolutely. Right? Um, where there's unity, God commands his blessing. And we got to remember that. And so yeah. instead of trying to tear somebody else down for what perhaps the media has sensationalized and is trying to report that we are receiving as like third, fourth, fifth hand kind of information. Um, like instead of just jumping on that train and again, throwing rocks at everybody else for everything that they're doing, it's like, uh, Hey, let those of you without sin cast the first stone. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, let me uh, put that back into perspective for, for a moment here and realize yeah, I, I'm not the perfect person that can can say this either. And I think it's so amazing because certainly what we've noticed, Brandon, is that people who are ahead of us, yeah. um, if they see something or they have a suggestion for us or whatever else, they're not coming at us like to tear us down ever. No. No. It's always with a heart of let me bring you up. Absolutely. Always. And it's like, okay, it's obvious why this person is where this person is. Exactly. Right? God can trust them. Because they haven't spent most of their life looking into somebody else's lane and wondering what they're about or what they're not about and criticizing. Totally. But uh, they're doing exactly what we hope to be doing in our lives, which is you're running in your lane. You've got your head down. You're running as fast as you can. Every once in a while, you pop up to make sure you're still in your lane, and then Mm -hmm. you put it back down and keep running. Yeah. And uh, when you're living a life like that, you're picking up speed. 
Yeah. You're moving forward quickly and you're not tripping over your feet. Exactly. You know, I, I forget who said this, but it's just a quote that stuck with me. But uh, somebody once said that, um, that unfortunately the church is the only army in the world mm-hmm. that shoots its own soldiers when they're down. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, that, like, wow. isn't that so true? Yeah. Uh, what else do we expect from, from uh, church leaders? Right. Like, they're humans. Yeah. Uh, they are sinful. I'm sinful. Sure. I, I've got a lot of stuff I've got to work on. Sure. What else do we expect when, when these guys slip up, these girls slip up, yep. um, the people around us slip up? Like, what else do, do we expect? And again, what's the better approach? Yeah. Is it to point at the thing that they already know and, and, and laugh at it and mock it and uh-huh. try to tear it down and take away from their momentum and having to address all this stuff? Or is it to say, hey, and, and again, for clarity's sake, we're not talking about the big scandals again. No. We're talking about these little nit, like nitpicky, like uh, disgusting way that we carry ourselves as humans yeah. sometimes that just seeks to tear down the, the little bits that we can get from people. Yeah. What's better to point it out, what they already know, that mm-hmm. they already have overseers and mentors and accountability and leaders totally. in their lives already working through it with them, or to encourage them in the things they're doing well. Uh, let them know that yeah. hey, all's not lost. Let's yeah. let's keep moving forward. Uh, wh- what's gonna what's gonna encourage uh, churches, congregations, people, parents, uh, all over the world? What what one's gonna help them get there quicker? No kidding, right? No kidding, and, and yeah, and it is just that, right? Because oftentimes we're we're critiquing and we're criticizing and we're tearing people down based on perhaps a method that just doesn't uh, appeal to us as much. Right. Exactly. And it's so arbitrary and it's so it doesn't mean a whole lot. We've been in church settings and in, in contexts where it's like, OK, we probably wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong for doing it that way. Absolutely. In fact, they know their context better than we do. And OK, it seems to be working for them. Great. We're going to cheer them on in that. Absolutely. Wonderful. You, you guys do that because we're not disagreeing with like the major points of what it is that you're saying. In fact, we're, we're in alignment on these things, Absolutely. but so often we let the little preferences, uh, become the big things. And they're the things that start to divide us. And it's like, well, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even, whatever, uh, we, all of a sudden we just have all this divisive language and we talk bad about something that we don't know much about that we're, we're we have no personal relationship or contact contact with someone else. Um, and because they do something that is arbitrary and small and little that maybe we don't agree with or like as much, yep. we, uh, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater totally. and it's like, we just paint it with one huge broad brush stroke and say, well, the whole thing is terrible because of this. Yeah, right. Every person that goes to that is terrible. Every yeah. person that believes this or yeah. listens to this is terrible. It's like, yeah, yeah. We just got to pump the brakes for a minute because Again, all of a sudden, I just think that that's pride and insecurity speaking so loudly out of our lives. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, one of the earliest things that you learn in theology, mm-hmm. anybody that, that has studied theology or gone through a formal education process is, is one of the early starting points is deciding what's a major of the faith and what's, yeah. a, what's a minor. Uh, other other uh, ways of looking at it is what are the essentials of the faith and what are non-essentials? Yeah. And it's not that non-essentials or um, minors are not important to talk about or to discuss or to yeah. even make make 
decisions upon uh, as an individual or as a church. But uh, the reason that you do this is so that you can understand what unifies the church globally. Uh-huh. You know, if, if you're not aligned on the major things or if there's, uh, you know, sex within uh, Christianity that say all things are majors, well, those are two key ingredients that, that we know they're not really following Jesus. Yeah. Um, but if we can agree on majors, uh, then it allows us to unify ourselves and, and move forward much, much more quickly. Mm-hmm. I think the world is confused when churches start debating and throwing stones right. and pulling back uh, one another about minors that don't even make sense to us uh-huh. in, as churches because we're all in disagreement on all these different things. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, the world's going like, what are you, like, what are you about? <laughs> like, I hear you're about Jesus' love, but you're talking about some weird thing in Leviticus uh-huh. uh, about tattoos. Like, what's the, what yeah. are you talking about, yeah. you know? And, uh, and I think, honestly, one of the, the biggest ways that we're going to continue to reach the world and the spheres we find ourselves in is by just stopping the the weird um, chase to tear one another down yep. and to actually stand for what we stand for and yep. say, hey, we're actually running a bit. We're, we're running this race. Yeah. This is what we stand for. This is what our God is all about. This is what he totally. came to do. And as you live a life with him, yeah, I mean, he's going to get into the details of your life. He's going to get into the nitty gritty areas, but allow him to do the work mm-hmm. that he's going to do. Because as Paul says in, in uh, you know, in his writings, he says, you know, for one brother, one thing's going to be a sin and for another, it's not. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so all of a sudden you take this to the main platforms, whether it be social media or, or whatever form of commentary you want to take it to. And yeah. people just get confused. So true. So true. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think it's something we have to be so aware of as Christians today. It's something that we have to be so aware of as people today. Yeah. Um, even if you remove the faith aspect from it, so it's the same thing everywhere. Uh, we'll make little things, big things, and we'll uh, allow those things to become di- di- divisive amongst us. And, and uh, there's too much of that in our world today. There really is. Yeah. And so we just need to uh, keep the main thing, the main thing, as you're saying. Keep the main thing the main thing. Seek truth. Mm-hmm. Have a, a perspective on life that is hopeful. Yep. Uh, not just for hope's sake or positivity's sake, but hopeful because Jesus actually there was a, there was an event in history That's right. that that changed the whole narrative of this thing. Yeah. Uh, didn't just uh, change it, but redefine the narrative. Yep. I mean, the narrative was always there. God was going to win in the end, always. Yeah. But Jesus redefined what we understood by that. And just to main, main, uh, stay in the state of, of hopefulness that God is in control, that there's really just a few things he, he wants us to focus on. Yeah. Uh, we've, we live complex lives. And this is maybe one last thing that I'll say is um, too often we overcomplicate the gospel mm-hmm. and oversimplify people's lives. Yeah, yeah. You know, so here's true. all this random stuff and, and uh, your life's pretty simple, so just apply it and it'll be fine. Yeah. People are going, wait, my life is not simple. <laughs> yeah. And that stuff's too hard to understand. I think Jesus reserved, uh, reversed that narrative. He said, hey, the message is pretty simple. Yep. And you've got a complicated life, and this is how you're going to get over it. That's right. Apply this simple truth to your life, and it will transform all of those little areas that you're wondering about. Yeah. And so, yeah, seek truth. Find hope. Don't shoot down, but stand for something. So good. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, but stick around because we'll be right back.
Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Forum. This was our fifth episode, five of many more to come. <laughs> it's a lucky, uh, that's a lucky number. I like it, five. That was my number when I played baseball. Was it? It was. Number it's five. also, uh, you know, 12 Days of Christmas. It's my favorite line. Five golden sing. rings. Yeah, favorite line. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, baseball update. Uh, oh, right. right? Yeah, this we is we said segment. we were going to be bringing this. Uh, our first game got canceled. <laughs> So I suppose you could say we won. Well, I think we we definitely won by forfeit. Yeah. We we actually went out. We were there. We were there on the field <laughs> practicing. Uh we I, did. We we did. We did. But I guess the uh I guess the um township it was too wet. The diamonds were too wet. It was raining. Honestly, it was fine. I thought it was one hundred it was like one of the most beautiful days we've had all spring. <laughs> really? It like, really we're was. sitting there just having the best time of so. our lives. So that's your baseball update this week. Next week, we'll have more information to you when we win our first game. That's and, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Luke hits a massive grand slam. Oh, it's, it's going to happen. To bottom. win the game. Oh, absolutely. That's what's going to go down. Yeah. And if we don't win, again, we won't be talking about it. So uh, yeah, that, Baseball segments only happen when we win. <laughs> or, or the weather forfeits us. Yeah. Either one of those, we're good to talk about it. But, um, but hey, keep, uh, keep sharing with your yeah. friends about this. Again, subscribe, um, rate us in the iTunes store, leave a comment. Um, it, it really does help us let people know, tell other people about the show. We would really love to get the word out there and get more and more people listening and interested. And, uh, and we're seeing that happen actually oh, yeah. like across Canada. It's been pretty cool to see where people are listening from. We're like, Oh, how did you even find out about this? So it's, it's pretty neat. I think that's cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's something that really is adding value, and it's different. And uh, I think people are really enjoying it. Yeah, you know, we drop a new episode every Friday, and so it's becoming known as Forum Fridays. Yeah, that's right. And so that's a good chance to share and and uh, leave us some of your thoughts because we obviously always want to make this better. Yeah. And so if you have any ideas of topics you'd like us to just uh, discuss or. Or ways to make the podcast better. Also, yeah. just uh, DM us, and we'd love to love to hear from you. Yeah, you can uh, DM either myself or Brandon, or uh, the easiest way is probably just send a message to uh, our Slate Church Instagram account, or yeah. even info at slatechurch.com. Uh, and uh, and that's a good place for you to be able to uh, email uh, about the podcast. But DM is a, always a good option as well on Instagram. And we would love to hear your feedback. We would love to hear... Uh, who you are, where you're listening from, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to keep spreading the word about the forum. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure uh, next week you download and listen as well. And hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. See you later. See you next week.